Hello, audio listeners. This is John from Filmhouse. We did something a little different with this episode. We did it in VR. So the video version is pretty wacky, and the audio version that you're listening to right now might seem a little weird. We might talk about some stuff that doesn't make sense. Uh, We're a little more distracted because there's anime girls running around everywhere, but I think it was a pretty goofy, pretty fun episode, so I hope you enjoy it, and I apologize. Things don't make any sense at all. Enjoy the show. Hey, you're probably wondering why we're in the VR world, right, Bones and John? What do you mean? This is VR? Tune in to find out as we review Ready Player One on today's Filmhouse. This episode of Filmhouse is brought to you by Lisa. Check out them. They're awesome. For the month of March, you can get $125 off the Lisa mattress and a free pillow by going to lisa.com forward slash filmhouse and enter promo code filmhouse. We'll hear more from them later. But first, we just saw a great movie called Ready Player One. And I'm going to say it's great for uh, for many reasons. But what did you guys think? Hey, someone behind us just said Bazinga. That was great. Can you focus on the... The task at hand. Oh, sorry. Uh, th- I have a lot of thoughts on this movie. It got me thinking so hard that I figured we should just jump into the VR world and talk about it. By the VR world, do you mean the Oasis? We this, if, Which is where we are now in the future? I'll say this. That movie really kind of spoiled, uh, the, or I guess ruined VR for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, was, it was a lot cooler than the current iteration of it. Uh, movies tend to make things look way better than they'll ever be. Uh, maybe. Maybe one. What do you think? You think we're ever going to see a VR world like we did in Ready Player One? Yeah, definitely. What I was going to say was that uh, I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. I think all the VR stuff was friggin' amazing, but it almost felt like a completely different movie or a different director whenever we went out to the real world. I'm, I'm guessing that's very true. This is a Steven Spielberg film, but uh, my guess was actually proven correct that I assumed that 70% of this movie was going to take place in the VR CGI world, and I'm, I think that that's about right, right? Like, maybe 80%? Yeah. There's almost, like, no live action. There's some, but not really. Definitely. Bones, thoughts? Guy. You're so distracted. There's a dude behind me playing the Team America theme at full volume. I can't even hear what you guys are saying. Ah, the future is here, and it's the Oasis VR. sucks. I hated the the. I hate the Oasis. I hate VR. I miss You're real right. life. Uh, actually, question for you guys: Did you ever read the book? I did um, not. Someone gave it to me and told me to read it, and mm-hmm. I said no, thank you. So uh, before I give the uh, synopsis, uh, I'll just preface this: uh, There will be spoilers in this. I'll try not to spoil too much, but since I kind of assume everyone read the book at some point, but I guess you guys didn't, so uh, I guess one out of three people, right? That's uh, yeah. that's probably the good ratio well, here. Well, uh, I mean, some people read the book, but if you did, you, it, it's not the same movie. As I learned when we were leaving, <laughs> there was a guy in the in the row behind us that went, they just did a whole new story. Fuck this shit. <laughs> he was very mad about the outcome of the film compared to the book. And as I pointed out, I said... They made a completely different story from the book. Fuck yeah. yeah. Because I was not a fan of the book. I like the idea of the book. You, you touch me, Bones. Touch me. Come back here. I'm trying, but I'm, I'm, where'd you go? I'm, I don't know. Don't worry about it. Hey, there you are. So I'll, I'll do a quick brief of what the uh, the overall kind of story and plot is of, uh, I guess, both the book and the movie. They're, you, they're, they share enough similarities. I think they follow the same path. 
uh, as uh, Jess pointed out uh, very accurately after the movie, it's basically Willy Wonka with VR. Yes, so, that's brilliant. Well, no, I mean, no, it's not. Uh, much like it, the there is a symptom in Hollywood culture today that we can now create content that's just completely derivative and paying homage, uh, homage, 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 yeah, for like two hours and be okay with it. You know, there's a kid driving around on a DeLorean recreating the Willy Wonka storyline, and because it's all familiar, we're okay with it. Uh, I will say the book does it in a very annoying way. The movie actually did it in a much better way, which I give credit, I guess, to Spielberg and his team because he's been pretty damn good at adapting things. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, so the plot, uh, just to get, give you a bit more of a runaround here, uh, in the future, about 50, 60 years in the future, there's a thing called the Oasis. It's a, a very futuristic version of VR, and the creator... Uh, after he died, left a little message that if you could find these three Easter eggs inside the Oasis, you would control and own said Oasis. So now there's a lot of people out there who are trying to save the Oasis and there's an evil corporation trying to take it down. Very black and white, very simple, bare bones plot. Yeah. And to be fair, uh, that's a trope that's existed in Japanese uh storytelling since, mangas yeah since mmos were invented <laughs> wait re- i mean pre but i mean around the time of beowulf really i don't know well it's good uh, sorry, versus evil. I, I mean i mean specifically of a creator of an mmo dying and leaving a secret key to to run the world oh re- i was unaware of that yeah anyway uh so enter uh the character parzival he is your run-of-the-mill uh down on his luck Sort of teenager. Of course, uh, he's orphaned. A very, very orphaned. Lives with his aunt and his abusive, like, aunt's boyfriend uh, in a place called the Stacks in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, the idea is that the world is just so garbage that everyone now lives in this place in the Oasis. But he is a utter fanboy of this character Holloway, who is the one who died, who left the who uh, left the clues about the Oasis and the the ways to unlock it. He is our, our main protagonist. Uh, I will say this about the movie. In the book, he, he's an utter... He's just a garbage heap. Oh. Uh, I didn't care for him. The movie actually made him a bit more redeemable. Uh, he's played by uh, the kid who plays him and who plays uh, the Cyclops version of him in the, the new Brian Singer movies. He's an X-Man. Remember him? Yeah. Anyway. Barely. Same goggles. I guess, yeah. And then, so we now were introduced to our main characters, our good guys. So that we got Parzival and his best friend H. Uh, there's Shito and the other one. And then uh, a young girl named Artemis. And then uh, the bad guy is basically Ben Middleston, uh, playing this character named Sorrento, who is the head of... Ben who? Uh, what did I say? Middleston? <laughs> ben Middleston? Good old Fred Millicent. Whatever his name is. He, uh, he was the bad guy from Rogue One. Yeah. Great actor. I can't yeah. pronounce his name worth a shit. Uh, He's so good that I was like, is that the guy from Rogue One? Like, I I would have been able to tell if he wasn't playing such kind of like a different personality. It was kind of the same role of like a angry corporate guy. But like the kind of the personality he brought to it was different enough that I was like, I, I wasn't immediately like, oh, it's Rogue One villain. And, and to be completely fair, uh, I thought he did a fantastic job with the basic, once again, garbage character that is in the book. As far as one-dimensional characters goes, it's, it's pretty bad. He's, I'm evil, bad guy, look how evil I am. And he's interacting with lame, one-dimensional yes. character Parzival. It, it just, it makes for kind of very cringy moments of 
good guy trying to outclass bad guy. And the movie w- was helped by the fact that there were good actors and good directors in charge. I'll give yeah. it that. It did have good, strong performances. Yeah. for Definitely. I mean, for a movie that is, once again, entirely based around pop culture. So uh, we got our plot. The movie's about an hour and 45 minutes of just references, uh, which worried yeah. me. Uh, I was I was pretty freaking worried about that. I I was very worried about it in the beginning, but I felt like it most of the time it wasn't ham fisted. Like it tied into the narrative, or it just tied into the fact that like once I kind of was immersed in the world, it was like mm-hmm. okay, these are people playing in this world and they want to be stuff. Mm-hmm. So like it makes sense that like this person pulls out this item that turns them into this thing from this specific show. Right. Like, I thought that that was going to be really stupid, but it made sense within the context of the story. It, so it, it didn't feel like... Uh, apart from in the first five seconds of the movie when he, like, loads into the Oasis for the first time and he's mm-hmm. explaining it, and we fly through Minecraft World, and there's sure. a big sign that says, yeah. Minecraft World! Like, that was when it was like, oh, my God. To be fair, I, I remember reading the book and thinking, what a copyright nightmare that these guys are going to have to deal with. Uh, if you notice something about Ready Player One, you can tell Microsoft said yes to a lot of things. Uh, there's It's chock full of Halo and Minecraft. Actually, just, just Minecraft World. But there's plenty of Halo references, which I appreciated as a Halo fan. Those were in there. But um, I felt like the, the spirit of the book was well alive. So if, I guess if you're a fan of it, um, I, unless you're that guy who's sitting behind you, uh, John, I guess mm-hmm. I guess you won't like the movie. I don't know. I I, I will say though, I, just, I I liked how they handled the video game aspect of the VR world. It, f- it felt believable. Yeah, Ad- Adam, I was wondering in the book, did they did they explain sort of how that world came to be? Because I felt like in the movie, they just sort of plopped you in this thing, and and it would be one thing if it was supposed to be in an entirely fantastical world. But it's just supposed to be our world, like, 30 years in the future. That was one of the actually more disappointing parts of the book, and I guess maybe just a legal nightmare for the movie. The one specific part in the book they do say is that the world of Warcraft, not the game, but, like, the actual, you know, all of Azeroth is inside of the Oasis. The idea was everything can be digitally archived, and it all exists in this place. And so everything that people love, movies, books, music, it's all freely available or available for purchase in some way. And it just becomes this sort of digital Mecca and it just spends every waking moment of that book talking about the eighties, which is the suckiest part. I was like, why don't we go to Azeroth? What's wrong with that? It was because clearly they didn't want to talk about it. The movie kind of did the same thing, right? We only see like what two or three worlds. Oh like, uh, yeah. There's it, doom planet. Yeah. And it, race cars. Yeah. And yeah, King Kong. It was mostly about characters. They didn't actually go to different worlds, and I get it. That's very expensive uh, since it's a very CGI oh, there was that heavy specific movie. movie world they went to. Um, I guess yeah. If you haven't seen the movie yet, turn back now. Uh, I'm going to talk heavily about a uh, a scene of the movie. Actually, I want to say probably my favorite scene of the movie. So oh yeah, spoilers in five. And while we're four, doing that, Bones, can you look down at me? What do I look like? Three. You're a fucking penguin, dude. Two. All right, cool. Just One. Checking. You're a penguin? That's awesome. If we're here in the Oasis. We can do anything. Uh, so. I feel so free. There is a moment in the book, Ready Player One, that I was very, very curious how they were going to handle uh, in the movie, which is one of the the puzzles that Parzival must solve is a scene in which he must reenact a film moment by moment and recite every line from a movie. I forget whether it's 
uh, War Games or Monty Python. Either way, it just once it, I can imagine how cool it sounded in the author's head when he thought of this thing. So I was like, how are they going to do this in the movie and make it cool? And they actually pull it off. And I thought it was amazingly done. They end up going into the, not even the, the, the movie of the, I guess, the world of The Shining. I've never wanted to see a behind-the-scenes making of scene more than that scene right there. Yeah. Because they, they go to the Overlook Hotel, and it looks exactly the same way it looked in the movie. Uh, so I don't know if that was a 3D rendering. Yeah, or it, well, used... I mean, it looked like it was shot. Like right. it, Like it... Th- they put some sort of like 70 millimeter film filter over it or they, what I was thinking was, did they just build parts of the set and shoot it on film or has 3d gotten to the point where they can make it look like it was something that was shot in the seventies. If, if you ever want to have your mind blown completely, uh, you should watch the making of the amazing Spider-Man one. What? I know uh, this, this will kill, kill you. Uh, there's a pretty great scene where, they, they break it down, the VFX guys break down a fight scene between Spider-Man and the lizard inside a locker room or like a, uh, a school hallway, completely CGI. Uh, but it is so photorealistic, you can't really tell. Really? And so ever since that, I've completely questioned what's real. I mean, even most car commercials, the car is not real. It's, yeah, that's it, pretty fucked up. It's actually. usually just CGI. Uh, we're, we're at that point with filmmaking where you can't really even tell the difference. So, uh, I don't know. I, I actually want to know how they did the scene, but they, I, I don't know. I was giddy. I was super giddy through the scene because I'm a big shining fan and I get it. This was, this is all, it's all based on nostalgia and it, it I, I know why I'm enjoying it and I feel very guilty. It's like the definition of a guilty pleasure, but just the, the idea of being able to reimmerse yourself into one of your favorite movies as a video game is such a cool idea. Yeah. And I thought they executed that so well in the movie. I think, I mean, this is kind of just talking more about the tech of the future. I mean, he couldn't have coded all that stuff. So, like, I I think it might be cool. I mean, I don't know. In the future, it seems like a very cool thing thinking about the future of VR and everything like that, where you can basically give it this, like, medium. Like, you could load in a movie and it could generate, like, a game or, like, a level at least based on the movie. That's sort of the idea of what the Oasis is. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, so one thing that I that I touched on earlier uh, about how it felt like a different movie being inside VR and outside of it, um, one thing I noticed, at least at the end, was the musical cues were like off the hook, not off the hook like in a cool way, but like <laughs> anytime there was any moment, it was like, like you mean the Back to the Future thing that kept playing? No, it, well that did happen, but it was like they kept opening the door when they were in the back of that truck thing, and um, the, I'm not giving anything away, but That's basically fine. anytime like there were back and forths, and there was just music constantly playing and changing, and I feel like that was almost just a product of how crazy the VR stuff was and how rich and alive it felt once you're immersed in it. That when you then came out to the real world. Everything looked fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, and, like, that was another thing was, like, when, the, you know, there's, like, this big battle where everyone's fighting. And there were instances where, like, stuff was happening in VR world with a giant battle. And then out in the real world, people were going around trying to do stuff. And there were just people in the streets, like, waving their arms around and looking like the stupidest. Like, mm-hmm. it, just, it, it did not in any way, like, glorify 
the actual physical appearance of VR. Like it looks so stupid. Well, VR does look dumb. I know. That's that's what I was realizing. I was like, wow, they didn't try to like make this look like a cool thing. Like a lot of the stuff of showing VR in the real world was mm. like really goofy and I thought that was good that they didn't make it like I'm jacking in and right. like kind of glorify VR because having a headset on and waving your arms around at imaginary things just will always look fucking stupid. The rules of VR are unclear. Yes, very. That's another thing that I kind of, I actually kind of had a few problems with this movie. That's one of the reasons is like they don't, they don't explain, they don't build this world really. I feel like the whole movie is just sort of an excuse for all these references. Uh, more or less, yes. That's why they wrote the book. But you know what is clear? Saving money on a mattress. We're talking about Lisa, who's an innovative direct-to-consumer online mattress brand and is also socially conscious. You know about them, Bones. We always, Guys, listen to I'm on, me. I'm trying yeah. to do some thumbs on this. Are you doing you? Best mattress I ever owned. Uh, super comfortable, cool. Mm-hmm. I sleep better than I've ever slept in my life. No joke. Well, when I say that they're driven by a mission to provide a better place to sleep for everyone, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've heard all about their good works. And Lisa donates one mattress to a shelter for every 10 that they sell through their 110 program. That's over 22,000 mattresses that they have donated so far. Not so bad. Uh, they also plant a tree for every mattress sold, and they will donate 1% of each employee's time to volunteer for a local cause. So that's a, a big reason why we love him over here. Uh, not to mention it makes Bones uh, sleep well mm-hmm. as he dreams about a, a VR society that he'll one day see. Maybe in your 80s. Never again. You'll you'll see something cool. You can try the mattress in your home for over 100 nights risk-free with free shipping, as always. It's an American-made mattress that ships compressed in a box to your door. It's the easiest thing in the world. I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Uh, you can try before you buy it over 80 West Elm stores nationwide. Lisa's patented universal adaptive feel is designed for all types of sleepers and features three premium foam layers. The mattress itself is available in the U.S., the U.K., and Canada, and Germany. We like to call it Deutschland over yonder. Lisa is continuing to expand its offerings to include the Lisa pillow, blanket sheets, foundation, and frame, all available online with free shipping. So for the month of March, get $125 off the Lisa mattress and a free pillow by going to lisa.com forward slash filmhouse and enter promo code filmhouse. That's F-I-L-M-H-A-U-S. All the info's in the description. Thank you, Lisa, for sponsoring these man-children as we talk about a movie about video games about movies. Continuing on. Okay, I I have a question, guys. Yeah, go for it. What what got solved at the end of this movie? Like, did anything get made better? Like, Uh, the world is still a pile of shit, right? I was thinking the debt collectors had their source of income taken away from them. That was literally the only thing I could think of of, like, what good came out of this, except that some fanboy gets to jerk off and, like... Right. IOI, the, uh, the the, the total, you know, bad guy of this... Has has these uh, what do they call it the like volunteer chambers or whatever loyalty the, loyal departments loyal, yeah, yeah. Which I thought it was kind of like very 1984 but it's like where they force people to play in VR they put people in like phone booths that they live <laughs> and shit in it's basically yeah. like yeah prison 2.0 and they earn they earn credits for like doing manual labor in the in the oasis right which is sort of like wait you're in a video game you still have to do manual labor all very confused look yeah like i said it's like the yard work simulator from the simpsons it it is <laughs> reference it is hey, uh, there you go <laughs> oh you're breaking it's ugh. i am yeah you're oh boy. I, I find My it arms? to be i find it to be a better movie if you suspend your 
belief just for moments where you think of things of like, wouldn't that be a bitch to code? I think if you just pretend that they came up with some magic algorithm that can just ingest anything, there's like a Silicon Valley type thing mm-hmm. of like, oh, we made the program that does it, does it all. And so it just ingests everything. And it's like some AI crazy thing that can just do whatever. I think you would enjoy the movie a little bit more. But to answer your question, Bones, I don't think anything was solved. No. Uh, by five kids inheriting the Oasis instead of it belonging to Simon Pegg. It was very unclear. It, yeah. Like, like what could he have not done? Or was was it like the whole Oasis in escrow? I, I, know, I, didn't, I, I didn't go to business like school. The, I don't know. How the real world works. Once someone dies, like people go after that shit like sharks, especially something as valuable as like this resource that is, you know, changing the world. Like there would have been so many legal battles and someone would have taken that over. Could, could someone not reverse engineer what the Oasis is and just make their own? Like, is there only one VR yeah, world? Yeah. Is, is, is it, I mean, is it a, truly a monopoly? You guys are ruining the magic. I know. But I'm saying once, once you bring up these questions, the movie's it's no longer It's a fairy fun. tale. And what I want to know, if we're talking about the end, what I want to know is when... Uh, he finally handed off the egg and then uh, Walt was like, like, is, are you, are you really dead? And he's like, yeah, I'm really dead. And he's like, but you're not an avatar. He's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, then what are you? And he just smiles and he's like, later, dude. Like, he like he winks disappeared. and walks out also, of door. I, I love that you called him Walt, even though his name's Wade. Whatever. <laughs> oh. about Holiday. I mean, what do you want to hear about Holiday? He's just a weird fucking character. Uh, the character, so Jess is in the room listening to us yell about this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, but uh, the character Holloway. Yeah, I'm sorry Holloway, she's here too. Uh, Holloway, uh, they even say in the book, uh, suffered from like, he was like a, a high functioning Asperger autistic type. Uh, so he was just like very weird. And they definitely play that up in the movie of like, I'm going to talk weird and be weird and yeah. kind of look like Crispin Glover, but not be Crispin Glover. <laughs> Uh, which, <laughs> You're right. He was yeah. a lot like Crispin. I thought he was Crispin Glover I, for the <laughs> longest time. Strong, and he wasn't. So I, I, I he oh, played. Oh, the, I'm teleporting. He Sorry, played. Guys. He played the character in the book quite well. I guess who was also barely in the book. It's one of those. It's crazy things to think about, right? Where the, here's a guy who, like, really he programmed all of this. Did what was it? C plus plus? Was it Java? What, what is what is this magical? thing built in that one guy built and that when he died, he still, it's still operating whatever, 20, 30 years after his death. Yeah. And then it's like improving. Who's improving it? Who are the engineers? How big is that staff? Like I, I have so many more questions about just the rules of this world, I guess. So, and I know you shouldn't care about that stuff. I'll, I'll once again, compare the book to the movie. The first key I believe in the book is found by Parzival because he can't go anywhere in VR because he's poor the only thing he can go to is school because school is free, right? Oh, wow. In R- VR? Yeah. So he, all his friends are out there playing. He can like play a little bit, but he's basically stuck at school. So he finds out that the first key was actually in his school. That That's how the book was written. In the movie, it's a bit more action oriented. He's going through this big race thing and he realizes, oh, if I drive backwards, I'll do that. Bullshit. Have you ever played a GTA race? Everyone tries everything. Within a matter of 45 seconds, like the way he solves it, I thought was just sort of like, well, that's sort of untrue to how video game players act. If a game can be broken or play a certain way, they will do it, especially if it's in a VR world. They will 
take over every nook and cranny. Look at a speed run. I guess Steven Spielberg's never been on the internet before. He <laughs> has. Because, Burn. I mean, like, any world mystery that people, like, ARGs or whatever, like, everyone on the internet can collectively... Like, they did that test, I think, at MIT or something, where they released... 12 red balloons at different places in the United States mm -hmm. and they'd all been discovered within like 24 hours or something like even less than that right like because everyone in the United States is like all right let's find this balloon as I said it you have to have a great suspension of disbelief for this this movie to work for you and it, I'll, I'll say it's like I I went in expecting nothing and I got something and I enjoyed myself honestly the more we talk about this the less I like this movie really really like it was fun, but it was like, I don't know, it feels like eating a big bag of, like, Halloween candy. <laughs> and then afterwards, you're just kind of sick, and you're like, I don't want to do that again for another year. Like, I I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the Shining sequence, and the climax was, like, bananas, and I really enjoyed that. But I but I felt like it was, a, it was kind of a long way to go to get there. Sure. And in the end, nothing was, uh, like, nothing was really resolved. Sure. So, uh, I don't know. I guess overall, I mean, it was, it was definitely... An enjoyable experience, but uh, I'm I'm not a huge I wasn't a huge fan of the whole ex of the whole film. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um. I've kind of come to the belief that movies can serve specific purposes, and this one was fun. You know, Spielberg also made uh, a lot of depressing, very informative. I'm growing as a human uh, movies. I keep trying to say the shiny but it's the shining lit the schindler's list sure academy award-winning schindler's it, list and that movie isn't fun at all yeah there's no references at all yeah I mean, it depends who you're talking to but <laughs> but what it basically what i'm saying is that this movie accomplished nothing like of any depth but it was really fun and it's a fun movie and i actually the cg was good enough or like they kept it consistent enough that when we were in the VR world, I was caring about the characters and stuff, even though a lot of times, like with Pixar movies, like I just have a disconnect and I can't give a shit. But I actually gave a shit about the characters at a few points. So I was like, yeah. oh, it worked on me. But okay. yeah, I mean, I don't Would think Would you recommend it to a friend? I'd recommend it to like Bones? a friend who, yeah. you know, doesn't like read so like a caveman? <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, no, not that can't read, but like someone who doesn't really read books. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, sure. I don't. I think intellectual people. Like, I went to, I went and saw what is it, The Assassin, whatever that Ben a Affleck was like had sure. Aspergers and the Accountant. Assassin. Yeah, the Accountant. <laughs> I went to that. I really enjoyed it, but I went with some like art people in Oakland, and they just tore it apart, and they're like, "This is fucking stupid." And I was like, "It was a fun movie," so I would not. Recommend that movie to those kinds of people. If okay. you want to have fun, you want to have a good time, go see this movie. Yeah, okay. Weirdly enough, I went in kind of not wanting to, but thinking I was going to hate the movie. I was rolling my eyes most of the book. That also includes the audio book that was read by Will Wheaton. Thank God Ooh. they cut his part out of the movie. Uh, and I walked away really enjoying myself way more. I think because I had such low expectations. Mm. I think Spielberg's just good at making a movie flow. He's been doing it for... 45 years uh, and he still kind of got it and for a movie that should you know be very close to my heart video games I thought it did it well enough with just it, it wasn't cringy 
It wasn't, or sorry, it wasn't as cringy as I thought it would be. <laughs> uh, there's obviously some cringe moments, and a lot of that comes from actors being just kind of weird, like lame characters, because the source material is not really there. But I think they did a pretty damn good job with what they they were given, and it's a pretty enjoyable film. So I think, I think if I'm just gonna say, if like you're a fan of just sort of video games, video game culture, you will have some fun here of kind of getting a glimpse of what the future might look like. And that's going to do it this week, everyone, for Filmhouse. Thank you for listening or watching us talk about Ready Player One in theaters now. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, go see if you haven't already and hope you skip the spoilers and all that fun stuff. So thank you, John and Bones, for once again being on the show. You got it. Hey, call me Hank. No worries. Happy to be here. And thank you, Lisa, for sponsoring us. Be sure to check out all the information in the description. Give them, uh, give them some love because they give us some love and they keep us on the air. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching. I'm going to go throw up. We're never going to do this again.